1: Welcome to another Weekend Bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. So as I said on Friday, my goal this week was I wanted to learn more about the whole EV space. Yes, there's Tesla, but we only ever talk about Tesla. And remember, I got turned on to the whole SPAC phenomenon because it turns out a lot of EV startups are going the SPAC route, To get themselves publicly traded stocks that they hope will go all hockey stick like Tesla stock has. So I reached out to Martin Lee of the EV News Daily Podcast to help fill in the blanks for me. If you're into the whole EV space, check out the EV News Daily Podcast. As I mentioned, it's a daily, just like this podcast is. But if you're into electric cars, self-driving cars, basically the modern automobile industry, Martin has you covered absolutely comprehensively every day. My thanks to Martin for this great chat. Martin, I, you know, we talked offline. You do uh, a show that talks about everything EV, not just Tesla, but, um, and so I, I brought you on here as we said offline specifically to talk about things other than Tesla, the entire EV space, but we gotta, we gotta at least set the table a little bit. So, um. What's your, uh, because I don't know if you know, but um, I I have the Tesla daily guy on now and again. He's obviously, you know, a Tesla diehard. From your perspective of the overall EV space, uh, what's happening with Tesla right now? Is it just they're finally hitting those economies of scale that were promised all along?
2: Yeah, I think economies of scale is a big part. Thank you for having me on, by the way, Brian. Uh, no problem. Uh, it's so good to uh, to come on and talk to you and your, you know, your fans about EVs from a perspective, maybe from a European perspective or more global, but you're absolutely right. Tesla has been on a rip lately because they've certainly hit their stride. I will say there's a little bit of a bubble around Tesla. So, you know, haters are going to hate me in my mentions, but that's fine because I just think that so many of the fundamentals haven't changed and yet... Uh, People are kind of jumping on board. Some will want to make a quick buck with trading it. But largely, you're absolutely right. They've hit their stride and they're driving an entire industry forward. And then what's interesting is the automobile industry, as big as it is, is just a tiny fraction. Like if you look at the, uh, the, the market capitalizations of the big automakers, and admittedly Tesla is up there, whatever they are today, like 400 and something, like four ten, four twelve billion. Right, we um, should
1: have, we should have checked right before recording because not know, only know. knows on a day to day basis
2: <laughs> it will have changed. It'll, have, yeah. like, it'll be double. Uh, but um, but all the big car companies. Uh, but then you put them on a graph and you put them next to Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, and they're just, just a footnote. And so what's happening is the EV industry is becoming the tech industry, and at some point someone's going to be. There's going to be lots of winners. There It's 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 not going to be one winner. But Tesla are certainly capturing that part of the the mix between tech and automaker. And they happen to make cars. But there's so much going on with the company that it does justify a big evaluation.
1: Well, and I, that's specifically what we're going to talk about is who, who these other winners could be. But again, as someone that maybe is not a Tesla diehard, from your perspective, is there anything... That we should worry about? Is there anything on the horizons? Because I remember even a year, two years ago, there were things like the the um, tax credits going away, uh, maybe the Chinese market not m- maybe being a problem or things like that. Are, is there anything on the horizon that maybe
2: would give you pause about Tesla right now? None whatsoever. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an answer, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> There's just nothing about that. So, you know, even if Elon were to leave the face, because Elon goes to Mars. So let's let's not be morbid and say that a horrible accident happened. Right, right, but right. In 2022, Elon achieves his dream. Uh, he goes to Mars and we say goodbye to him forever. I still think the company, the tech, the IP, the management team, uh, the brand, uh, it, is, it would take a knock in the way that... Uh, it, that Apple took a knock when we said goodbye to Steve, but ultimately is a bigger, stronger company uh, all these years later. And so there's nothing about that that I that I worry about. And even a couple of years ago, you're thinking, well, the other automakers could well catch up. And by the way, when they all put out press releases, they're all in the first sentence, they're all uh, this is fill in the blanks plan to become the the global leader in e-mobility. And from that from the off, that it's a joke because they've got to really go some to beat Tesla. Uh, they're not going to disappear. There's also the doomsayers that are like, oh, all the existing automakers are going to disappear. They won't. They'll find new ways of doing business. But Tesla, for so many reasons, are just leading the way. And even the head of VW, as in the group, not the brand, but Herbert Deese arrived in 2015, boss in 2018. He has gone on the record and said, Elon can take risks that we can't with 300,000 employees and he's leading he's gonna he's a he's not a fanboy so much but he's saying Elon's leading and we're fast followers and so they like VW know their place and but it's a beast of a company to turn around
1: well let's start with with them the the fast followers of the the major automakers um, just just for the sake of um, I think there's I, I want to learn more about the startups but so who among the major auto players is the best position right now if you were gonna say well they're gonna be the ones that are most likely to get this and to be the most successful at EV? Who would you say?
2: I think VW have got a really good shout because although they've done some bad things recently and their reputation has taken a knock, they do have somebody at the helm. As I say, he came from BMW. And if you like cars like the i3 and the uh, i8, he was there at BMW when they came around and now he's at VW turning that company into an electric Uh, Electric car company. So they sell something like 11 million cars a year, and they've got some really ambitious goals. Admittedly, I think they should still they should still be bigger. But when you're owned by largely a family, like the Porsche uh, and the 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 family, even the state, like a a bit of the state of Lower Saxony, owes owns VW, and then you've got massive union pressure. What they're doing, I think, is as good as they can do now. The 1st vwid VWYD3s were made last November. So we're heading towards those cars sitting in a big car park for the last year. And why aren't they in customers' hands? Well, they'll say that they always wanted to be on the road in, in summer uh, 2020. The truth is the software wasn't finished and the whole thing's been a real mess and people are, will be under massive pressure. It's a company anyway that has a, a culture of... Of just driving people, you know, really hard. It's ultimately what probably led to Dieselgate in terms of so much pressure. But the software's been the letdown with the ID three. It's the first car not coming to North America. It's the golf that's not a golf. It's the size and mm. shape and price of a golf, but don't call it a golf. It's the ID three. But this sits on a platform, and this platform will be used across the group other companies like ford are licensing this platform it's called the meb platform and and there'll be tens of millions of cars on the road using this platform but it's not got off to a great start because it's not ready now if customers want to take delivery of their id3s in europe they can and they'll be called i think they're they're being called first movers which is a a way of of um Uh, Sugaring it somewhat. In other words, you get your car now, but it's not quite ready. Look, the things that aren't—I'm being slightly cheeky—the things Mm. that aren't finished, anything like the head-up display and stuff. None of this is a deal breaker. And then, if you want the software complete version, uh, you can wait till next year. But look, how is that different to Autopilot and Tesla, which is still labelled as beta? Right. But Tesla, as a startup, have fostered this this kind of reputation of. It's fine for them to do it, and yet I'm saying not VW, and so I'm being the hypocrite. Actually, Tesla put stuff out there that isn't ready, isn't finished, and they get praised for it. But at the same time,
1: they're putting stuff out there at greater volume like educate me about that like uh, i'm looking at numbers that i saw right before talking to you that like tesla is delivering what like 70,000 cars in the us right now yeah. while like the bolt is doing 8,000 a year the leaf is doing 3,000 a year so like none of none of the legacy automakers are doing anywhere near the ev volume
2: that tesla is right I mean, it's just embarrassing. They did 180,000 deliveries in the first half of the year. They may well hit. They'll get towards half a million cars, even with COVID and seven weeks of shutdown in in California. Because by that time, Shanghai was back up and running for them. And so they were still producing cars. But next year, they're going to have, with a full year of operation, uh, they're going to have Shanghai making all those Model 3s. They got that factory done a year to the day. 6th of Jan 2019, Elon was there for the groundbreaking ceremony and the pictures. A year to the day later, customers were driving their Model 3s. And the Model Y factory, which kind of goes unreported now because it's not sexy anymore, uh, but huge construction worker in Shanghai for Model Y, for batteries. So 300,000 cars from there. Uh, and over here in Europe, you're going to have Giga Berlin making cars by the end of the year, but customer cars by... By next year, so Tesla can do one point between 1.3 and 1.5 million vehicles by the end of next year. Layer in Texas with the Austin uh, Gigafactory and Cybertruck, which has anything from half a million upwards of pre orders, although only hundred dollars, but it still counts. And they're just unstoppable right now. The numbers and, are huge, and no one else is doing even five figures. <laughs> no right. one's even, cl- no one's even close. Okay. So, although I can say, look, I think VW have got uh, the right idea. The Chinese companies, so Tesla were the biggest EV company in the world last year. The companies behind them, like BYD very famous for buses and commercial vehicles and BAIC and some big Chinese startups as well, which have got grand plans. No, in terms of numbers, no one's coming close.
1: What about the tech? Because again, I was just reading before talking to you, like an analyst says that there are some people like the Audis, the the Porsches of the world, where the, the vehicles might be superior to Tesla in a lot of ways, except in one very important piece of tech, which is the range. Is that still holding true?
2: I think range is king. I think there's Uh a couple of things happening here. Uh, Range is king in people's minds, but it's not. My EV does 200 miles. Like, I've Mm. got a small city car that I drive because when am I going to do 200 miles? Like, we just do chores. And if we do a long road trip, it's not onerous to stop for 30 minutes and charge up. But the perception from people coming to, from combustion cars is they need, you know, a thousand miles whilst towing a horse box and having eight kids in the back, and you know, not stopping for twelve hours. That's the perception. And so what Elon's done cleverly, he tweeted recently about what he thinks the new minimum range is, and he was saying, "Oh, I don't think you can sell an EV with three hundred miles because he was they were dropping the base model Y. say, so we're not going to make that one anymore because it, it, it's not going to go far enough. So we think three hundred miles is the base. Conveniently." No one else is really making an EV that goes that far. So again, a, a, an efficiency advantage uh, from – which they, another box they get ticked there with Tesla. But they have got competition coming. Right, which let's,
1: let's get to that. Um, and, and frankly, I'm just – this is educate Brian time. So um, <laughs> I've got a list of some of the others here, Rivian, Fisker, Faraday. But just tell me first, in your opinion, who, who, should, I, who should I know about other than Tesla in terms of a startup first?
2: Lucid every day of the week. The team there, not to bang on about Tesla, but the cohort there, largely, uh, there's a lot of people that came from Tesla, including uh, their CTO and CEO, who was the guy behind the Model S program back at Tesla. So they've got good people, great tech, they've gone really big on efficiency. So look out for the Lucid Air, 517 miles. Uh, range right no, we were wasn't...
1: just we were just talking about range uh, anxiety but they're 500 miles like they, they would be the first to get uh, break that barrier right
2: yeah completely and they're yeah. doing it with efficiency so okay so low slung sedan but also they've gone they've worked so hard on reducing things like the motor size the weight the, the battery is only 13 kilowatt hours 113 kilowatt hour usable pack which is only slightly bigger than a model s which is 100 miles plus less and so lucid's efficiency looks like it's going to be great not a cheap car starting at 60 but going over 100k for that we'll find out more on the 9th of september when they do the release the reveal of that car but i really really rate lucid for going about their business quietly diligently and making a great ev a luxury look it's a high-end luxury ev but have them on your radar
1: in 2023, just 10 vulnerabilities accounted for over half of the incidents responded to by our sponsors today, Arctic Wolf Incident Response. Wouldn't you love to know how to take these vulnerabilities off the table and make life more difficult for cyber criminals? That's just one of the essential insights you'll find inside the Arctic Wolf Labs 2024 Threats Report. Authored by their elite team of security researchers, data scientists, and security development engineers, and backed by the data gained from trillions of weekly observations within thousands of unique environments, this report offers expert analysis into attack types, root causes, top vulnerabilities, TTPs, and more. Discover the attack vectors behind nearly half of all successful cybercrimes, why ransom demands climbed 20% from 2023, and find out why 2024 will be an especially volatile year for cybersecurity. Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com forward slash techmeme. That's arcticwolf.com forward slash techmeme. OnePassword.com slash ride for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash ride.
2: Uh, should Rivian be on my radar? 100%. Massive investment from Amazon and oh. Rivian, again, they've been around a long time and they've taken many years to find their groove, but they're in their groove now and again a company which is going to be releasing two evs so trucks aren't a big deal over here like we have don't get me wrong europe has trucks but we don't have the relationship you have with trucks
1: right a lot of these a lot of these companies we're talking about they're they're kind of leading with pickup trucks and things like that yeah
2: yeah so we don't get that because we have trucks you see them on the roads i'm not saying they don't exist but they're a working vehicle and so we don't get what you have which is People buy a truck just to go to do leisure pursuits at the weekend and use it for your regular commute. Nothing ever gets loaded in the back. So they're doing the truck. They're doing the SUV. Again, great range and really great tech with the the Rivian. Not cheap cars, but a more conventional-looking truck than, like, the Cybertruck. Lucid was
1: the one that took the money from the Saudi Arabian uh, public investment fund, I think. So they got a billion dollars. So uh, you're saying that Rivian is heavily backed by Amazon?
2: Yeah, and again, Amazon are using that relationship to have about 10,000 Amazon electric trucks. Right, uh, okay, about that's About that per year. There's 100,000 Amazon electric trucks by 2030. So over the next eight years, uh, again, not a massive run rate when you divide it by per year, if that's a linear uh, curve as well. But again, just when Amazon put their money into something, you know that it's going to be uh, taken really seriously. And again, a great team behind uh, Riviera, which gives me... A load of confidence and and a ton of interest in those cars. Uh, what about
1: Faraday? Faraday was one of those ones that I heard a lot about, and then I felt like had gotten in trouble or something.
2: Yeah, completely. And and again, big ambitions, but they just came unstuck when they realised how much it costs to get an EV uh, on the road. And you know, and sadly, I don't think we're going to see anything from Faraday.
1: Um, let's talk about Biton.
2: They're a Chinese player, right? Yeah, completely. And they're one of the um, Chinese players. Biden, again, have had their struggles. But, recent news, they could be getting some more investment and things could be looking up there with Biden. Uh,
1: Then... One more on my list, because I want to lead us into what you can tell me about the SPAC phenomenon, which I just learned about and listeners just learned <laughs> about recently, but it, it's it's big in the car space. So is it Lordstown Motors that is the most recent one to do
2: a SPAC? And so first tell me what Lordstown does. They're not Lordstown, yeah, they're making trucks to be used as trucks though. So they're making the endurance and that is meant to be a uh, a, a truck that is is out there and, and earning its keep. And, and again, they're one of the companies that, hopefully have the funding now to bring that car to market but it's fantastically expensive to bring an electric car to market and so as you say they've increasingly found this way to try and achieve that and so i,
1: I you know neither of us have backgrounds in finance or wall street but for whatever reason SPACs suddenly seem to be the method of choice for these companies to raise this capital. Like, you know, everyone forgets what an IPO is. It's not just for the founders to get rich. It's to raise capital for a young company in theory. Um, And so do you have any sense of, is it just everyone's like, wow, look at what Tesla's stock price has done. If we can just get a, a publicly traded stock, like... We'll have a lot of uh, a lot of arrows in our
2: quiver, I guess. Yeah, there there is an element of that. So, you know, one example of that would be Fisker. So, they are taking this route to market. So, for anyone listening or watching, so very simply, you can do an IPO uh, with this um, with this SPAC, and you can have investors that don't know what they're investing in, but you have the body that is then the money is placed in a like a trust, and then they've got two or three years and it's time limited to go out and do a deal and find a company to merge with and so that's what so that's the background that's happening here so that happened with fisker for instance they got a great suv it looks great it's called the ocean and uh, henrik fisker is a great designer and i think what they've done with the design of it is 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 really good but then to use a uh, an example of that so in their documents they said well we're going to be using we want to use the vw meb platform like ford are doing so we'll use that platform so we haven't got to worry about steering racks and you know how the car we're just going to put the body on top and make it look like a fisker and and the market was like well that's great and then when they had to file their sec documents and vw were like i don't think you are and they had to file the documents to go oh yeah uh we're not but we're really hopeful that vw will carry on talking to us and if not we'll find somebody else and the the, the, the stock price dropped it was like 20 percent in a day and it's so like that volatility to me, doesn't say this is a a steady, you know, in a way boring, but in a a very steady working our way towards producing a car, which is, you know, Elon's talked about production hell at a famous quote of his. It's so hard to do this. Uh, So that's, you're right. There is a little bit of jumping on a bandwagon Mm -hmm. element about this. When we talk about, uh,
1: this is a sort of coming back to Tesla's lead, um, when we talk about anybody, a Fisker, uh, a, a Rivian, whoever coming to market in a big way, are we talking about next year? Or are we talking about twenty twenty two? Like again, all of these things that we've seen, all these growing pains that we've
2: seen Tesla go through over the last five years, that's still in store for all these guys, right? And it's it's so frustrating for me because I've for years I've been banging on about electric cars, and now. We have so much heat around them now almost now. I'm like, slow down a bit because it's not this easy to simply go. Well, here's a render of a car, and we're going to make loads of them, and we've raised a ton-, a ton of money. It's really hard. And actually, if you take VW for instance uh, for instance, the ID3 is the first one. That's the golf shaped. The ID4 is the next one. That's if you want a Tesla Model Y competitor. That's the one coming to the US first, but. The numbers aren't going to be there. So, so VW of North America wants a load of the ID4s to sell, and they could be a very popular car, starting at just over thirty grand. Of course, VW are still eligible for the seven and a half thousand dollar federal tax credit, which has expired now for uh, for Tesla and with the the Chevy Bolt, and, and so they get those advantages, but they just won't get any of those in numbers coming to North America. They'll be made in Germany. They're being made in Anting in China. But the Chattanooga plant in the U.S. won't start making them till 2022. So you're right. They are still one or two years away. And the same happens for the uh, Toyota RAV4, for instance, the Prime. It's a plug-in hybrid. Very, very popular. Dealers have got waiting lists. Toyota just don't want to make many of them. And so there's demand. There's a huge demand for electric cars. But a lot of these car makers aren't making enough of them.
1: Right so what you're telling me is if I was in the market for a, a, an EV and I wanted to choose between four or five different options it's not until 2022 or 2023 that I'll will ha- really realistically have that as an option.
2: And and that so yes so yes and no mm. one of the things that's happened this year so Europe introduced some new emissions regulations and it's all to do with if you sell enough electric vehicles to balance out the Fossil cars that you sell, then you haven't got to pay any of the fines. And so it's, you know, roughly every two EVs you sell, you can sell one of your nice, big, expensive fossil cars with a nice, big, fat profit margin. And so, and that, but that tapers down quite quickly. So for this year, a lot of the EV makers have sent all their cars to Europe because if they don't sell enough EVs, they're going to face really big fines selling too many fossil cars. Now, COVID might have changed that because all car sales are down, but still. So yes, when, when that starts to taper down, all of a sudden, miraculously, you'll find cars available in the US.
1: With all of these, again, maybe not here yet, but all of these cars coming to market, what's the state of the the charging networks? Is it still just a chaos of all sorts of different pro- proprietary things?
2: <laughs> still too much. And, and you've got it good, right? Because you've mainly got Electrify America, Electrify Canada. These are the networks funded with the you did a very bad thing, VW money. And so 2 billion invested in a, in a charging network of 50 and 150 and 350 kilowatt DC fast chargers across uh, North America. And so largely you've got that and some other big networks. Over here, the market's a little more established, but that means there's more of a, a land grab. And if I want to drive across Europe with my EV, I've got to have a wallet full of RFID cards with apps. Some of them I've got a then open my email to confirm my email address, and I just want to plug my car in. Now, that's changing, and it's changing with a, a technology uh, called Plug and Charge, and that uh, uniquely identifies your car, like the new Porsche Taycan does this with the new chargers as well. So it's basically a Tesla supercharger for everybody else. When uh, So the cars are equipped with it, the chargers are equipped with it, you plug your car in, does a little handshake, and the car identifies itself. You already have your account set up with them, just as you've got your credit card uh, in your iTunes account, and then it just bills you. All the billing happens in the background. You plug it in, you unplug, and you go on your way. It's called plug and charge. It's coming uh, to the US and to, to Europe as well. And you know that we should never have been in this situation where everyone tried to get their own little uh, their, their their own little bit of the charging. Network. Somebody should have grabbed it by the scruff of the neck, but but who was going to do it? Like The European Union, regulators, yeah. car makers? No one did it. And so now we're left with this mishmash, this patchwork of, of chargers. They will all get joined up, and they'll all get smart, and they, they will all get connected, but that's going to take a little while.
0: Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset? Hard to get better than that, unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com
1: today. Uh, Last thing, you mentioned this right before we started recording, and it's something that I don't know if we've covered on here before, but we covered something similar which this growing sense that you can have a piece of hardware and you might not necessarily own it. The most recent examples are the old original Sono speakers that are now bricked. Not bricked, you can still use them, but they won't get updated. Um, there was recently the stories that uh, you can't load every program in the world on your Mac. There's certain things that the Apple won't... So the question is, if I buy a piece of hardware do I actually own it? And I feel like maybe I've done a story like this with cars, but now that software is eating the auto industry, tell me about this idea of, if you buy a $60,000 vehicle,
2: you're really only owner of it so long as they deign to allow you to, to operate yeah, like, This is such a massive topic that doesn't get talked about enough. And this is the juxtaposition of tech and cars and over-the-air updates. And Four and five G connected cars, and so tell me, like, what's the current? So I'm fully in the Apple ecosystem, right? I've, yeah. g- I've I've given up. I was iPhone two, and then that was it. And I've just I've I've now absolved any responsibility for worrying about my tech. Apple now does it. But for a, a couple of years ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rebel. I'm going Android, and I bought a, a nice Android phone and had it for a week, and was like, you know what? all of my i spent so much money on apps uh, i'm just going back to apple so i'm in that ecosystem um not begrudgingly but i'm i'm in that system but i know people do muck about with apple stuff like what's the situation with jailbreaking have is that community and 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 the phone makers are they in a sort of uh, sort of standoff as it we know it happens people jailbreak their apple phone but so sort of, is it is it like accepted in the tech community? It,
1: no, it, it's it's really really it's not underground. It's in the background. Early on in in iPhones, jailbreaking was a bigger thing. But not only are Apple just so proactive about. As soon as someone, it's news when someone comes up with a new jailbreaking sh- scheme that actually works, but then it'll only work for about three weeks. And so it's like, there, there are people that do it. I know people that do it. And there's that, that app store, is it City or something like that, that, that people like, but it's just no one. I mean, I would say the percentages are less than one percent of people that jailbreak right. iPhones, even among you know super nerdy people. So
2: okay, okay. So it's not really like a, a dumb thing. But no. so there's a case with uh, with Tesla recently where they've got some hardware, that the motors inside your Model Three, uh, are a bit better than you need, and they said, "Look, we'll make your cars better for two thousand dollars." Now there's a third party company that came along, um, either with a dongle or they can. They've done something smart. There's like 300 million lines of code in an EV, but they've done something smart where they'll do that upgrade for you for $1,000. And so people did it. Uh, and Tesla found that, uh, that bug and they squashed it. And so this company's told the people who've purchased it, don't do the over-the-air update because in a game of cat and mouse, we've worked out how to get around Tesla's update. Um, and I think a handful of people did do their over-the-air update with Tesla, and now there's a big warning on the screen that won't go away. Uh, There's also the case of uh, a famous YouTuber called Rich Benoit, Rich Rebuilds. Now, he likes to recycle, reuse. It's a good thing for the planet, right? So Tesla want to save the planet, reduce carbon emissions, so he found a car that was otherwise going to be written off and got it back on the road. He's an engineer, and so his first Point was I can't buy these parts from Tesla. Tesla won't sell me the parts. And then when he finally, after a campaign, got hold of those and got the car back on the road, not only did Tesla turn off via over-the-air updates, supercharging, which I kind of get right. So I I understand that. So the supercharging network, no one was going to build a, a fast charging network around the world. So Tesla did right. That's theirs, and that's fine. And they turned it off remotely on his car because they said we don't know how you've repaired this car. And now there is a scheme where you can take it to them and they'll approve. Anyway, but they also turned off fast charging completely. So, are they allowed to do that? Well, I'm right. waiting for a landmark law case where someone says, "Look, I own. So I've you know I've bought like I've bought this phone. Right. So if I want to take the back off, muck about with it, put a bigger battery in. Apple aren't going to then say we're turning off the charging ability or. Hey uh, wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> don't say never i mean <laughs> yeah i like don't say never right yeah listen uh, so so that's that's where we are but on the other hand so tesla obviously are aiming for robo taxis like they want to go for fully autonomous so you know level level 4 there's five levels of agreed autonomy what 0 to 5 level 4 let alone 5 is there is no steering wheel or pedals in the car and they want to get to level 5 so y- literally these are robo taxis you have nothing there's no interface they take you play they're doing it all with cameras so to do that they need a massive kind of back end like a supercomputer they're talking only in the last couple of weeks about this exaflop supercomputer at at fp32 which is one of the fastest they've been working on it for two years and will be one of the fastest supercomputers in the world that is going to be training their neural net so that all these little edge cases of a dog running out and and someone crossing the road as it, it's going to be able to recognize all of apart from just highway driving, which it'll do now so actually if I'm going to be getting in a car that is potentially looking after my life, do I want someone mucking about with it it's a it's a it's a bigger debate than just. They turned off my charging. Well, I get that. But again, I want them in control so that no one's mucking like hackers and no one's mucking about with this.
1: Well, and certainly and and then that gets to the larger question of, well, there won't be car ownership as we understand it in however many years. But for the interim, uh, you know, again, like the idea, it would be insane if you did something to your phone that Apple didn't like and they wouldn't let you charge it. It's also insane on on this, you know, for most people, your car is your second biggest asset. So that the fact that you don't really have control over that asset, like I, I, especially in the interim where we're not at level four or five yet, like that does seem insane to me. And there needs to be a court case to settle
2: like whose rights are whose at this point. Who, Who owns this car? So if Elon changes his mind one morning and wants to send an over the air update, so it's it, again it's a part of a bigger debate about how much do you give up it's like giving up personal data so how much are you giving up for something in return so tesla insurance is in california they just registered a company in china only recently they're going to be having tesla insurance you know i imagine at some point around the world every tesla customer can get tesla insurance that's because of all the cameras on the car and all the sensors on the car so that at every moment At any time when you're driving that car, it'll know how hard you're pushing the accelerator, how hard you're braking, how hard you're cornering. Your insurance price can be reflected on how safe a driver you are.
1: Right. We have done stories about that,
2: yes. Right? So how much data... Those cars are high performance. Like, Teslas are quick, they're fun to drive. But what, if I want to get a cheap insurance price, they know everything about me that I actually have to drive like a grandma to get cheaper insurance. So at what point do you want a connected product that is in a way always umbilically linked to the mothership? And that's with cars, something that we've, you know, because they've been shipped by the car makers, they arrive in your driveway. And if you want to take off the exhaust and put some big, you know, big boy racer th- or big wheels or-, or mod it, or like modding PCs and stuff, like that yeah. is that it has been the way forever. And so that's we're the, getting, and that's
1: the culture of that's a car culture that it, it would take. There would be a lot of kickback on that. If, pe- if people were like, you can't do that anymore. Well, you can't, you
2: simply can't yeah, do that with it. Yeah. You can't do something with a Tesla that they don't approve of and they don't like, or they'll just turn it off. So mm. that is, that's where we are now. At some point that's going to get resolved. When someone says, I challenge you, um, to this and I don't know where it's going to end up but it, but generally it's where EVs are going though right we want our cars to be fully connected we go and charge them wherever we are we plug them in it just works all of that relies on a level of a, a relationship with the people who sold you your car more than simply taking it back to the dealer once a year for an oil change so this is we are in the first couple of years of a new era of of how our relationship with how we get around and and again, you know, that's part of the whole kind of e-scooter, e-bike, e-car, uh, what we're going to experience over the next 10 and 20 years. It's really exciting, but so many hurdles to overcome.
1: Well, listen, don't ask my wife about the. We just got a car for the first time in 10 years, and uh, I have six speeding tickets in the first... <laughs> Three weeks, because here in, New York, t- here in New York City they have the camera enforced stuff. So two weeks later in the mail, I get a little thing: "Hey, we caught you!" And here's a picture of you going four miles over the speed limit at, here at this intersection. You know, so talk about uh, driving like a grandma. Here in, in, in Brooklyn, I, I have been forced to drive like a grandma. So guess what, everybody? It's coming for you too. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, Martin, that was beautiful. If you this this is one of those episodes where it's educate Brian. If you want to be educated, it sounds like I need to listen to the EV news daily podcast.
2: Right. Okay. So I'm probably uh, more passionate than, than, than most people about electric cars, but I'm not uh, a kind of a single minded cult member. Um, I do appreciate there's, you know, pros and cons, but if you want to come and have a conversation um, that I do a daily podcast, Um, I launched it. There's, I've done 860 of them. So um, I just passed
1: uh, seven hundred, so we're
2: we're in similar
1: yeah. cohorts there. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I was I was February, you were the March, and there when, you go. When so when you started that, it was like an in, um, an endorsement of the model because everyone said you are mad because I was seven days a week for a long time and everyone said you are mad to do a 20-minute podcast about electric cars every day and then when you started yours I was able to go well look this guy's been podcasting for ages and he's doing it so I can't be that wrong and so no, it's called EV News Daily and um, it's look if you happen to know a podcast that is like a TLDR of the tech world that you get uh, for your journey home every day it's very similar to that, but it's uh, all about electric cars, and um, yeah, uh, subscribe and uh, come and say hi on socials, and I put the audio on YouTube, and uh, I just love having that, that chat with you, wherever you are in that stage of, of the EV curve, like whether you're still a, a skeptic or whether you've bought a car, um, and, uh, and we'll talk about uh, all those things. Well, Martin, I think the 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 real answer is
1: anyone that does a daily podcast is insane. But <laughs> you have the you have the advantage of having an actual proper uh, radio voice, and uh, you clearly know your stuff. So I I am going to subscribe today. I promise you. You're a good man. Thank you, sir. Thank you.